we're so excited that you're you're meeting us here, Thrifty Trekkie. I'm excited too. Yeah. I love yeah. your cosplay. Absolutely Thank love you. it. Yeah, they're always so good. I'm always impressed you make them yourself as opposed to me just buying uniforms. Well, I kind of do buy them and then just flare them up a little, but you yeah. flare them up a lot. <laughs> that yeah. Okay. <laughs> Some more than others. Also, you that like you do your own makeup, like alien makeup, and that's very oh, yeah. impressive to me. How did yeah, you learn funny. how to do the prosthetics? A lot of trial and error. Um, I've got a lot of sets of them that I don't use because I didn't like the way that they turned out. Do you mold them yourself? Yes. Yeah, so really the only heavy prosthetic I use is the Cardassian one. The rest of them I either just draw on or I use hot glue for. But that one, yeah. So it's it's clay that I then painted the latex over. And then you have to wait and be really patient, which is hard for me, and then peel the latex off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow. How did you learn how to do that? I just, I've read a lot of other cosplayers tutorials, but if, if I see something and I want to have it, I want to see if I can do it myself before I need to bring in somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not always successful in that, but I try to fake it until I get something I like. Fake it till you make it. That's exactly. <laughs> that's, the whole, that's my whole style, really. So how did this all start? I started cosplaying in 2014-ish because that was the first convention I went to and it was the Star Trek convention in Vegas. So I wanted to be prepared for that. Oh, fun. Yeah. What was your first cosplay? Uh, The first one that I made myself was Wrath of Khan Savick with the orange turtleneck, the Kirstie Alley styled hair, that one. Okay have it didn't have the Vulcan brows because I was worried about doing those wrong and her hair Mm -hmm. was down so I didn't have to worry about the ears as much I took as many shortcuts as I could I mean to be fair I've cosplayed Deanna Troy multiple times that I've never gotten contacts because I'm really bad with contacts yeah I'm I'm terrible at them too yes what's your favorite character to cosplay well, the one I have the most fun with is always Kira. I always get a really warm reception to that. People are, are very excited to see the Bajoran uniform. It's not one that you see as often in a convention space. Mm-hmm. And the makeup is so easy. So it's comfortable and, and fast for me to do. And that makes it more fun. I feel like that was the That's first fair. one I ever saw you do. And Probably. Just, yeah. 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 It's phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, that's the one that gets shared around the most. So I, I have no choice really, but to think, oh yeah, that one, that's probably the one that, you, that you've that seen, that you like. Yeah. That's fair. Oh, so I was just curious, when did you start your Etsy store? Because like, I love all the stuff you have on there. Oh, thank you. Um, I began, so the link that that goes to, I started running with a friend while we were in college and we just made like little buttons and small stuff, little like resin necklaces. And then we stopped doing it for a while. So the page will say it was made in like 2012 or something. But I only restarted using that domain this year. Okay. So it looks like it's been around for a long time, but it hasn't been completely (laughs) open. That's fair. Yeah, I just logged into Etsy and it was like, do you want to use this account? I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we had that. (laughs) And you sew the um, symbionts yourself? Yes, I do. Um, those are one of the few projects I use a sewing machine on. All my costumes I try to do by hand, but oh, I do wow. make a machine. No. Those are cute. I think so anyway. They are. You're probably going to get an order from me eventually for one of those. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Those are really cool. 
like that also the one i have from you is i have the baseball i i'm really impressed how well you got everyone's signature down for that thank you yeah the the good thing about that and it's the same with the cosplays is i faked most of it the screenshot of it when it's like spinning in the air is the clearest you can see it and you can't see everybody's names you only see like half of it as it turns Mm -hmm. So plenty of freedom to decide, okay, what would this character's writing look like? Because nobody's going to be able to pull it up and say, no, that's that's not right. Yeah. Hmm. I always, I have it uh, in my house as my friend was looking at it. And then he uh, was just like, wait, does Quirks really like have ears on his? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's like a thing that's, of the show. Yeah, that's the one you can actually see on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so is Deep Space Nine your favorite trick or... Are we just uh, guessing that because it's <laughs> the cosplay we see the most? No, um, yeah, Deep Space Nine is definitely easily my favorite series. I think after that, I'm going to have to place Discovery, though, because the season has been just incredibly strong. Yeah, the season mm-hmm. has been really good. Mm-hmm. I know, and we're less than halfway in, right? And it's just going to get better. Woo. Yeah. yeah, I... I feel like every season I'm like, okay, I can't like this season of Discovery any more than the last. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what happened? Right? Yeah, they, they've got a bunch of powerful characters now. And I'm curious to see how it's all going to come back together at the end. I feel like what they're doing so well this season too is highlighting a different member of the crew each episode. And so you're getting to know mm-hmm. the cast so much better than ever before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they've established kind of the story and now they can take the time that some of the other shows have taken on developing the characters, which is mm-hmm. really nice. Mm-hmm. I think, I know it It can be so hard for like modern shows with just such short seasons to like have time right. to develop characters like that. Exactly, because they, they just don't have as many episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so when you're feeling 24 episodes of a season, you could have an episode where like, let's just hang out with Data for a day and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> So who is somebody that you want to cosplay that you haven't yet? Well, I'm working on a gray cosplay now from Discovery, speaking of Discovery. Um, otherwise, I'm just, I'm trying to do all the different Kira variations that I can, working through all of her holodeck outfits, working through, I really want to do her um, diplomatic uniform that we only see once, but it's so beautiful, that purple one. Um, so yeah, I'm just getting progressively more obscure, I think, as I run out of things to do and avoid making uniforms when I can. Yeah, I feel like that's fair. I don't do a lot of cosplay, but my Halloween costumes always get super um, specific. Like this mm-hmm. last Halloween, I was like, um, I'm going to be Zelda from the Hyrule Castle cutscene. <laughs> she only wears this dress for like five minutes, but I like that one. Perfect. <laughs> If you don't like Perfect. it, it's not going to be fun. So yeah, you know, that's right. One you like. Yeah. And then one year it was like, I'm going to be Ray from Star Wars, um, but in the poncho scene in the rain, which again is like a five minute scene, but I like the poncho. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> well, and so many people do the the normal, whatever costume yeah. that she wears the rest of the movie. So you might as well do something right. different. Exactly. I know. Either of them were often characters i want to cosplay their clothes are so normal it's hard to like make it clear that it's like a costume mm-hmm. i'm working yeah. at a buffy cosplay and that's the problem i'm having i was like she just kind of wears a leather jacket over normal clothes mm. oh i see yeah yeah um well i go for aliens when i can because it can be normal clothes and then whatever weird quirky makeup you can throw on do you have like a dream project do, what project a dream project 
Oh, a dream mm-hmm. project. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I, I always give the same answer on this one, but I would really love to do Jedzia's wedding dress. I just can't figure out how to do it justice. Oh, that would be like, I, I'm exhausted just thinking about someone trying to make that. <laughs> right. It's so beautiful. And I know, I think I know how I would go about it. You know, it looks like it just needs to be a red prom dress and I've got a great set of curtains, but mm. I don't know if I can, if I can pull it off, I guess. <laughs> Like, and I'm pretty sure, like, the one in the show is, like, leather, right? It, yeah, like, that it's, like, leather. Looks mm-hmm. exhausting to wear, honestly. Yeah, it doesn't seem very comfortable. Mine would definitely not be leather, because I don't know where I would find that much red leather to start with. I, and, like, tore a couch apart, but I'm not going to do that. I was, it would, you'd either have to, like, tear a couch apart or just spend so much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, making that one from scratch would be incredibly daunting. So yeah. if I were to buy a dress secondhand, it definitely would be more comfortable but not leather Mm -hmm. that's that's fair yeah that's on my list eventually one of these days that would be amazing Mm -hmm. i always think a little less daunting from the same episode that like Mm -hmm. that purple dress she wears at the part at the party i always think is so cute like i was just like i was like i just kind of want that dress like to wear yeah it's got those little ribbon kind of straps on it that is a nice Mm -hmm. one and then another obscure Kira one is what she wears to the party there. It's this great like red dress and legging set that I don't think we ever see again, but I think that's adorable. No one would know what it is, but I like it. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a good thing. You throw some Majoran makeup on, you're like, I'm yep. Kira. What? Exactly. <laughs> I'm wearing red. I've got ridges on my nose. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done Vulcans with the ear prosthetics? Yeah. And I, I just bought them. I bought they're very cheap like costume store recreations they're not anything official but mm-hmm. yeah I find that those are okay because your hair is going to cover most of the edge and that's going to make it more convincing right away it's seeing the edges that kind of puts people off I think or if it's not blended perfectly it kind of kills the illusion but mm-hmm. if you have a lock of hair over it that saves you some trouble yeah that makes sense so did you get a chance to watch this latest episode of Discovery? Yes, I did. I watched it just before I came to do this. So I'm ready to go. All right. So this episode, um, they finally get to the Federation, which we've been waiting to see. Mm-hmm. What was your feeling when they got there and and they got the reception that they did? When they're first arriving and seeing the other ships, I just, I love this crew so much. They're all yeah. so excited and they're just listing off all these things that they're recognizing and I thought that was adorable. Yeah. And then, of course, they're not greeted with the same enthusiasm. But mm-hmm. it seems yeah. like they haven't been anywhere that they've gone so far. But it's kind of sad when it's their own organization and not an outside planet this time. Yeah, that definitely. True. I didn't know that when they saw all the ships, and I was like, "Oh, they're just as nerdy as we are." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like listing off all the different ships. I'm like, "Yeah, that's what we're doing too right now." Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're like, "Oh, it's Voyager." We're all excited. Yes. I yes. thought it was cute to see like Voyager and the ship that was called the USS Nog. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, I felt like that was such a touching uh, tribute to him. Yeah, he would have loved that. I uh, saw in in like uh, in an article that apparently like in the type of ship is an Eisenberg. They said, which oh. I thought was also really really sweet. Oh, that's nice. I hadn't seen yeah. that. I didn't notice it in the show. I only noticed in an article mm. that mm-hmm. someone like. I think Kurtzman like confirmed that that's what it is. It's like that's really touching and like a really the idea that that was like we've forgotten a lot of stuff, but we know who Nog is. And I was like, yes, yeah. 
You should. <laughs> yeah. So then they all get interrogated. And um, those are some really interesting scenes. And I feel like there's a little more to these AI things and what happened with uh, Giorgio than we know right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy who was interviewing were so shady that at first I was like, is he supposed to be Section 31? <laughs> like, what's <laughs> up with him? <laughs> he knew a lot about the Terran Empire. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot. I thought that was an interesting touch, though, to bring up history of the Terran Empire separately from the rest of it and to kind of justify, oh, yeah, the mirror universe does exist. It's become less and less close to us and and harder for us to jump to. But we do know about its history, which I thought was cool because the shows are kind Mm -hmm. of inconsistent before that about, well, how did we get here and how do we get back and and how do we fix this culture? That's true. Yeah. I do wonder if he maybe it was one of the last people to come through because his birthday and hmm. his extensive knowledge of it. Um, just yeah, that's question. interesting. Why well, I thought, because I was thinking, I was like, either he's Terran and something shady, and then I, or I thought, like, maybe, I was like, is this leading into the Section 31 show, maybe? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe, yeah, because mm-hmm. they have to kind of pull her aside. Yeah, every time she's in a state, I was like, how is she getting her own show? Like, what's happening? Right? <laughs> yeah maybe this is how that starts Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's possible i also i love how much they've been using culver this season Mm -hmm. oh me too i agree i um well because like especially because despite being a main character last season was like dead for half of it Mm -hmm. right so it's nice that he was like, and here's him in action to like prove he is as good of a doctor as everyone says. And Right. Because before he just, uh, we didn't see that much um, medical stuff in Discovery no. at all. And mm-hmm. his character was really tied to Stamets. And so this yeah. season, it's like he's coming into his own. Mm-hmm. I really like seeing him like develop outside of like, obviously I love Colburn Stamets, but I really like seeing him develop outside of being Stamets's boyfriend. Right. Yeah, they've been apart for most of the scenes so far, which is nice. Yeah. You can see that Dr. Culber has such a warmth to him, regardless mm-hmm. of whether they're together or not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, I I do like that Michael and Saru are still butting heads a little bit on mm-hmm. style. We didn't lose I love that. that they're like butting heads, but they're not, not mad about it. They're like, of course we are. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the like, exact right amount of sibling rivalry between the two of them yeah like it's not quite complementary styles but they are getting to the same goal you know that you know that they're not gonna argue about the end result mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of the method on how they get there yeah i was sad that non got left behind because i love her and i, know, I, I was, feel I was... like if anything she may come up again in the last episode of this season but i'm gonna miss her yeah, I was kind of, I was like, oh, and I'm like, I, yeah, I was a little surprised when she got left behind and I was like, I hope she comes back. Yeah. I was like, I guess they can jump to her at some point, hopefully. Right. I mean, I could definitely see them tying her in the last episode. Uh, yeah, I have the feeling that she's going to return for maybe the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I could see maybe at some point they'll need the like something to do with the seeds again and they'll have to track her down. I feel like it would be good to duplicate those seeds. Like I feel like <laughs> especially with how hard it is to get around 
having more than one version of them would be good. Yeah. Could we plant them and, and yeah, let them breed um, on another ship? Yeah. <laughs> just like a backup. I was like, right now you only have one ship that can move anywhere near fast. Mm-hmm. It can move very, very fast, but none of the other sh- ships move like fast at all. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting when you think about if it was an RPG, you know, the limitations that they place on this universe and the movement now because of the burn. Um, mm-hmm. It was very interesting choice to place that kind of limitation on them this season. Yeah. It was, I, I thought of this and I was like, the rest of the Federation is like early seasons Game of Thrones with how long it takes to get everywhere. <laughs> yes. Discovery is like later seasons where people would just show up and you're like, didn't it used to take an entire season to like get from there to there? To travel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think they had to do something though to um, to make Discovery useful, I guess, but also to show that there's going to be a flaw with the system it's not going to continue to be this perfect utopia forever yeah i think it is um i guess yeah it it does to make discovery useful when it's a 900 old chip Uh year old chip yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) they just showed up they're like we're here and they'd be like yeah you have a really old chip what Mm -hmm. i also like how much they're like they're talking about like the temporal cold war and tying in enterprise which i feel like gets left out of a lot of stuff usually i was curious and they don't seem to be i was like oh are they gonna wear these other starfleet uniforms no we're just gonna keep these (laughs) i loved those the little (laughs) glimpses we got of those i thought those were really yeah i thought they were really cool i was like can we see more of that like i just wanted like a good like full body shot of like one yeah i Mm. was i need to go back and watch them because i was kind of blown away when i watched it the first time (laughs) by everything and i need to watch it a second time mm-hmm. to take in the details yeah this was about the ships again but i thought it was a really cute touch where they when they like were looking at all the ships they're playing the original series like theme yeah, and then were. it went right into discovery's theme yeah i love that the score this year is incredible too we really are yeah spoiled. i the score is so good and have the time i'm sitting i was like wait didn't they have to like record this at home yeah, because that's why it took so long, right? To yeah, get the delay. And I was like, I am so impressed. Like, I couldn't play these instruments to begin with, even if like, <laughs> but obviously, but just like everyone recording at home, I like the orchestration is so good. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I just saw a tweet. Um, we were talking about this in the group chat that um, they're just finishing the score for the last episode. Oh and- wow. I cannot imagine working under that kind of pressure knowing you have this many weeks until the world is waiting for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did, I just remember, didn't they like fix stuff in Cats after it had already aired a couple times? Like, put, that and, is like, true. Theaters? That was <laughs> a debacle. <laughs> I feel like Star Trek is oh. a little, little higher standard than that. <laughs> The uh, uniforms that they were wearing, though, were a little bit like those monochrome uniforms from the Star Trek The Motion Picture, right? I mean, they kind of gave me a little bit of that feeling, especially the AI folks. I thought that, too. Yeah, they've got kind of a center belt piece, yeah. very neutral color, and then instead of just the sleeves mm-hmm. being different, the, the black and gray ones had like the full shoulder piece, which is reminiscent of the Voyager and DS9 era ones. 
So I think they're really pulling from a lot of the past designs, which is, it makes sense if it's the same organization, they just change their uniforms mm-hmm. constantly. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I was like, I wonder how many uniforms that like there are between like <laughs> the last year yeah. we saw this 900 year. Right. I know I once saw a theory that the reason they change uniforms so often so time travelers don't have to ask what year it is. <laughs> That's a good one. Do they show up, see a uniform, and be like, eh, it's around this time period. But then they have to memorize all the different uniform designs. That's on them to be prepared, huh? <laughs> right. mm-hmm. That's like uh, the first course they take at uh, Starfleet Academy is <laughs> the order of the uniform. In case you accidentally time travel, yeah, here's, here's the uniform you should put on. Do they have yeah. a schedule going into the future as well? <laughs> oh, yeah, All the uniform changes are actually planned. So like now that. I'm remembering that Bashir apparently didn't know they switched colors. Right, that's true. He had no um, idea. Maybe, maybe he missed that class. <laughs> Their comm badges also are these ovals instead of the delta. Like the delta is yeah. a matte, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, color over this shiny oval. And I was curious uh, what was inside um, when Giorgio took it apart. Like what that little piece did that she was holding in her hand. That would be interesting. I mean, maybe it's like the tracker thing that like they definitely have during like the TNG Deep Space Nine era because they like, mm-hmm. they track people by, based on like their comm badges because occasionally they're like, they're here. Oh wait, they just left their comm badge here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's definitely a tracker. It was his a projector as well. Was that where the images were yes. coming from? Oh, I think oh. so. Yeah. So they've definitely gotten a cool little tech upgrade. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I'm enjoying so much about this season is they because they jumped so far in the future, they didn't have to fit it in with the canon that we already know. They were able to let their imaginations run wild on what technology do they have yeah. now. Yeah, that's it's really, really cool. Yeah, I am. Um, Although I did find it funny that they're uh, they're still using their communicators, I was like, you did see the badges, right? Like, <laughs> I was like, you should upgrade. <laughs> like, snag yourself some of those badges. Yeah, I was just like, just just sneak a couple. You could probably figure it out, one of you. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they'll be forced to upgrade anything now that they're reaffiliated with Starfleet. If they're going to be like, okay, well, we need you to at least use yeah the communicator so that we can get in touch with yeah. you. Well, we need you to upgrade your transporters so that we can, whatever, beam stuff to you more easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder now, too, what it's going to look like with them taking orders from the Federation. Because we're yeah. very used to Discovery operating on their own as far as making their own decisions because they've they've been the only ship with a spore drive um, during so many engagements. And Lorca never cared anyway what the <laughs> yeah. orders were. <laughs> So uh, it would be interesting to see them uh, taking orders from a higher mm. power. Yeah, I was like, if Pike cared what the orders were, but then it turned out they were getting orders from like an evil and like AI. Right. So it's like, <laughs> maybe we should like do our own thing and not let the evil AI know. Right. So they've always had a large degree of independence. Mm-hmm. I guess it's Starfleet wanting them to be like, yeah, if you figure out a way to make more of these and not have to have stamets. Yeah, they could probably use those. Yeah, I think that that'll have to come back later. That he pointed out, no, it's only me. But they're gonna have to do something. Yeah, about that. I worry for his I safety am. because yeah. he's very important. I feel like as soon as they 
I was like, I worried if they make him not indispensable. I was like, I was like, are they going to hurt him? They better not. <laughs> I was concerned that there was like, please don't hurt these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love them all so much. I am a bit afraid if we are not going to lose more characters like none, like going to a place and they stay there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, I mean, we kind of lost book too, but it, I watched the the little recap at the end, but it mm-hmm. looks like he'll be back. I hope he comes back. He had so such a great we'll chemistry yeah. with Michael. Yeah, and there was definitely shots from the like trailers or the like this season on Discovery stuff that I was right. like, we haven't seen those shots, but then book was there. There's always a more lighthearted comedic feel when he's around, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, come back, lighten the mood again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need some of that as it goes on. Uh, fun seeing some like uh, some more Barzans. Yeah. I feel like we've seen very few Barzans over the years. And so had none. <laughs> let none be like, and let none just be like, let, I was like, ah, I can breathe normally now. Yeah. Yeah, that it's always funny. great to get a deeper dive into the cultures like that, that we don't get to see so often. And then, I don't know, you know, maybe someday Mm -hmm. in the future, that'll be just as expansive as like Klingon and Vulcan lore is. We don't know. That might be the one that everybody likes. That would be be great. I thought it was a really nice touch how her eye color changed. I Yeah, I thought that was a really nice touch with the eye color. It's not not something I had thought about, but like different levels of like stuff in the air, like oxygen would affect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like to see that accommodated for because we don't see it very often it seems like everybody can kind of show up and function just fine without any accommodation. And I feel like there should be mm-hmm. more races that struggle. In an That's true. Yeah. Because it does seem like their natural environments would be very diverse. Right. Like what are the odds? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, usually you just have like Cardassians being like, it's too cold. Yeah, I did yeah. think it was interesting when they were on the ice planet that they were able to give uh, Tilly and Saru something so that they were able to breathe. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess um, it would be interesting to know how many of these other species have to have some sort of treatment on a regular basis to survive on these starships that we've been seeing them on for years. But it would be interesting to see if they add something like that in later that these people have had to... I don't know, like take a pill every morning or, you know, some hypo spray mm-hmm. or something um, that we've never known about. Like maybe they just get like some equivalent of like allergy shots every couple months. Right. So that they can thrive and like on the Discovery or on the Enterprise or some space station with humans. Yeah. And I'd be happy for them to add that in after the fact mm-hmm. and then just kind of go back and watch it and accept it as, oh yeah, they must have just done whatever round of shots. That's fine. Exactly. Yeah. I was glad we got Jet Reno back in this episode too. Mm-hmm. I love her so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The dynamic between her and Stamets and Tilly when they're all sitting in there being supervised. Yes. Love. They don't even try for a second to be professional. Oh, no, no. I love, I was like, it's like the, that one teacher that knows the principal is there and just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's like when when your family's a certain way and you have a friend over and it's like this is sadly the way we are and we can't change it for you i'm sorry (laughs) that's how we relate to each other i um i have been in those families i once was like what are you guys fighting about and they're like oh this this is not a fight yeah (laughs) 
we're like okay i feel so so bad for the uh, man whose family died they some of these episodes this season man they've been tearjerkers just really pulling on your heartstrings they're like there's some funny bits but also you're gonna cry yeah i would say like i've definitely cried like the last couple episodes Mm -hmm. yeah I, i don't know if i really i don't think i really cried during the first season at all i mean some of the stuff with spock definitely got me close mm-hmm. De- i definitely cried in the second the spock and some of the pike stuff mm-hmm. definitely part of it might be the more we know about them the more we care mm-hmm. the more we're connected mm-hmm. and some of that's probably just the natural progression of having been with them as long as we have now but um that's true some of them are some of these I episodes know. are just they're just heavier i also i wonder if things are just hitting heavier this year for everyone that could be too Probably, it could be our yeah. emotional state is <laughs> compromised <laughs> we all well, need they, Colbert to come talk to us <laughs> they had problems with corona this episode yes i noticed <laughs> that's that, that was very fun well, yeah i wondered if that because we keep talking about this it's like they wrote it for this year but it was before and how did they know yeah i was like how did they know we would need this yeah that's just truck is always good at that they always have been yeah it's like as, is one of you psychic did one of you know this is coming a, a good warning would have been nice like right let's hope they're right about some of the other stuff though <laughs> right some of the stuff from go. Trek, i really want yeah no i i think they've always been good at that about kind of usually it mirrors whatever the current commentary is but yeah they're always writing it before mm-hmm you know, it's always mm-hmm. happening at least a year before, but they can kind of see what direction the world is going, I think, when they start the project. Yeah. They, yeah. They're kind of looking out at the horizon. Maybe we we all have those problems before, but this year we are aware of them. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's like, we spend a lot of time at home and we had time to think about them. Mm-hmm. More introspection. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that they talked about Arium again um, because mm-hmm. that was such a poignant scene from last season. Yeah, another church tearjerker from season two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but they definitely um, kind of honored that character's memory. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get your take on the previous episode um, because that one did deal a lot more in the trill and confession i've never seen deep space nine all the way through i've seen a few episodes here and there um because it came on around the time that voyager did um but other than that yeah so if you could for people like me do some sort of quick introduction into the trill and tell us what we saw yeah sure so even though we've got a main Trill character for the entirety of Deep Space Nine, they don't go hugely into the culture. All that they really tell us are are the basics that you could probably figure out from that episode, but it is nice to have the background. Um, you know that there's a humanoid and a symbiont. You know that the humanoid goes through this rigorous training in order to be selected to join because there are less symbionts than there are humanoids. So it's this huge competition. You have to be at the top of your field. Um, Once you join, they look at it as being an irreversible decision. You're going to carry the symbiont with you until you die. And then it's going to go into somebody else who's gone through the same training. 
So um, with that in mind, I think that they kept that very consistent. Like we know that that Senna is quite old when he passes away and we know that it moves into somebody new. So that was, that was fine. That was consistent. What else? Um, Were they always from the same planet from Trill or did they? As far as we know. Yeah. Um, They don't establish that they come from anywhere separate. I don't believe. Okay. So they've been doing this for some time by the time we meet them. Yeah, uh, definitely. I don't think we get an exact date established and now you're going to make me quote all these figures and I'm going to be wrong and make a fool of myself. (laughs) I don't think that we get a date. I think DS9 gives us an estimate of like when they achieved warp speed because that's kind of how the Federation measures all of their member worlds, but Mm -hmm. they've been joining for quite some time. I also, I I did like in that episode, it might have been the episode before that Discovery, the people on Discovery didn't know the Trill were Mm -hmm. like a joined species because Yes, and can it, they they find out about that in that TNG episode? Yes, Although, uh, half the stuff from that TNG episode ends up being retconned, anyways. Yeah, you're right, and they yeah. keep they keep the important aspects of that TNG episode, and that's that the trill as a species are very private; that they don't want to share this information with other people. So it makes perfect sense for all of them to be surprised that, oh, there's another being involved in this that they wouldn't have picked up on otherwise. Um, And I think, yeah, in in TOS, they don't know them, but we kind of, when we look at Deep Space Nine, we work our way backwards and go, oh, one of Dax's hosts was alive in that time period, but nobody would Mm -hmm. have known that there was a symbiont. Yeah. And that fits in with the TNG one too, where it's new to Dr. Crusher to see this race and to learn how to work with it. And then, you know, by DS9, I guess they've just started telling everybody. That, that TNG episode, they're like, well, us not knowing about it almost killed him. So maybe yeah. we should. Yeah. And I think after, if um, I assume that Dr. Crusher published some work on what she discovered. So I think that that kind of warmed them up to joining Starfleet as, hmm. as joined Trill in the first place. So I think we see like a huge surge of joined officers like Jadzia around that time. Yeah. Oh, was Curzon in Starfleet? I'm trying to remember. I think he was, oh, right? Curzon was a Federation ambassador. I don't think okay. he had, I don't think he had a Starfleet rank. Okay. I don't think, now see, I'm, you're going to quote me wrong again on this. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't remember either. Previous. And I, I have yeah. seen all of these Space Nine, and I'm just like, I don't know. He was hanging out with Cisco. So like, yeah, no, I don't think any of Dax's previous hosts were Starfleet officers. I think Jadzia is the first. I'm really, I am very curious still if Dax is still around somewhere in Discovery era. Yeah. I guess the new Discovery era. Yeah. Yeah, um, I wonder too. Although them, uh, they're like, oh yeah, the burn killed a lot of the symbionts. So it's like, oh no, that's not a good yeah. sign. yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be tragic. And I don't know, I'm glad to see a new symbiont character. I know I've mm-hmm. seen so many comments where people were like, oh, I wish they were Dax, though. I don't. I'd rather see something new, honestly. I'd rather, I would rather meet a Dax and then have the main <laughs> Trill character not be a Dax. Right, like mm-hmm. the nice little cameo is great. The little fan service mm-hmm. thing, I love it. And then just move on and tell a new story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they uh, meet a Dax... And then that Dax can tell Michael about that time they time traveled and met her brother. There you go. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, the Trill have got the answers that they need as far as all of the history goes. Yeah. It's just a matter of finding ones that were there because I don't think, and it hasn't been established yet, so you get, you woke me up now. I don't <laughs> think that Tal is old enough to know anything about Discovery Era. We only saw five hosts and then Gray yeah. and Gray didn't have them that long. Yeah. So that that's really a stretch. I mean, maybe one of them studied historical ships and that's why mm-hmm. they were able to disable whatever they did. Is it typical for a host as young as Gray to get a symbiont? No. Um, as far as we know, they are, they're young adults. They've, most of them are like in their 20s when they join because they go through, I forget exactly how many years, but mm. they go through like a graduate course of how they're going to join so none of them are children by the time they're done with all that education alone. Mm. I, I kind of assumed, there's, I was like, I wonder if Grey was the only trill there. Available. Yeah. That's totally possible, yeah. And that might have changed in the future too, that they're much more discerning since they have less symbionts, that if mm-hmm. you're a trill, you're probably going to get one. I um, It was... I did like seeing uh, in the last episode, you saw, you saw some of the symbiote swimming around and I was like, yes. oh, I wonder what their name is. Yes, I loved that. So loved why, that. why would they have not been in hosts? Well, and I'm going to go completely off of the canon rails and I do apologize. <laughs> I feel like, you know, the one thing that Deep Space Nine handles poorly that opens a lot of doors for us to explore afterward is the fact that they rush the symbiont from one death into a new host. I think that's really going to be damaging to the symbiont after a point to just experience death over and over and not get any time to itself. So I hope by this far in the future that they're letting them recuperate between hosts and letting them kind of gather their own identity before putting them into a new one. That is what I hope is happening. Interesting. That would be nice. And and this is a little... uh... Honestly, their their home looks like a spa. It's just very relaxing. Yeah, they need a little vacation in there. Yeah. And I, I was assumed, at least during Deep Space Nine, that maybe those like maybe symbionts like are born and they can't go into a host right away, and they have to swim around a little bit to get mature enough. I yeah, I would think that too. Do we know how? Do we know how symbionts reproduce? Uh, no, I could go off the canon walls for that too, if you wish. But no, they don't mm-hmm. tell us. Mm. But yeah, hopefully yeah, they take them out and give them a chance. It's just so interesting because mm-hmm. of the way their life cycle is in these other hosts. You know, I I understand like the <laughs> idea of a, a symbiotic relationship, but at the same time, also how? Yeah, yeah. For always having a trill there, I was like, Keith Space Nine left a lot of things open ended. <laughs> They really did, and it's cool to see them getting picked up on, even though it is so far in the future. We can kind of guess how it went to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I feel like that hipster kid that listened to whatever album, and now it's popular. That's how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, the Triller everywhere. I love it. Out of curiosity, have you gotten more orders for your the symbiont, like, plushies that you make? since like Triller they're back in the mainstream I guess (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah no I I don't get that many which is fine because they take a little while to make but I think it'll probably pick up yeah and I'm I'm really trying to put more effort into how I write the symbiont's history too because the first few I did were 
pretty basic. And now I'm like, oh, I can explore so many different planets and different years that they might have lived in. And I really want to include more detail about that. You write a story for each of them? I do. And now I'm going to just invite, if anyone has an early one where it's like two sentences, I'm happy to make you a new certificate. Um, Yeah, I I try to put just a little paragraph together about their past hosts and maybe what hobbies they had or or interests. I love that. That's great. Adorable. I love that so much. When you join, you know a little bit about them. That's really sweet. I love that it's like a Star Trek version of like a Cabbage Patch Kid. Yeah. But like I'm so much more into that. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it needs the little certificate. Otherwise, it's not as fun at all. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking Build-A-Bear. You get your little oh, yeah. adoption yeah. certificate. Or oh, even Beanie great. Babies, except there's rhyme. Their little stories rhyme. Mine do not. <laughs> I forgot that the Beanie Babies had a little story. Yeah, they have a little, little tag. That's funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk about that too, even though that had really sadly nothing to do with this week's episode. Maybe next week. You never know. (laughs) Yeah, maybe next week. It's going to have to come back because they referenced everybody knowing the same music that Adira was playing. So I think it'll, Hmm. they're going to have to start diving further into it. But I don't know how. I love that as the like, the like, as a clue of like the overarching story. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, oh, that is a really cool clue. What does that mean? Yeah, like yes. that is really strange. How are you going to justify that? I so, um we have Detmer and we have the music now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I and learned... something's up with Giorgio too, but we don't know yeah. what that is yet either. How did she know about the blinking thing? How did she figure that out so fast? Maybe it was turn technology. Oh, uh, it was. I don't know. That's possible. I um I know the music thread, it reminded me of like, not early Doctor Who as in like, like early of the reboot of Doctor Who, but there'd be yeah. like, it reminded me of like Bad Wolf, just being very subtle clues all okay, the way yes. through. Or the, like the, during the Matt Smith era, the like line, th- uh, the yeah, line, the, the timeline the cracking. Mm-hmm. The crack um, in the wall. Yes. Uh, that's, Doctor that's- Who is so great about their overarching little clues. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not as caught up with current Doctor Who. Just uh, it became harder to access it with streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, another show that was like that was uh, Fringe. They did a great job with uh, their just consistency, and they had a like a not they didn't call it a mirror universe, but another um, universe that they jumped to as well. You know what? Actually, uh, Deep Space Nine did a good job, and they started referencing the Dominion before you realized like what a big deal the dominion was i think they kind of came up with that though too as they were going and that reminds me it's another deep space nine thing surprise but there is the whole episode where jadzia is like well no none of my past hosts ever played music i'm not sure why i'm able to play this song i don't know yeah if that's connected at all but that's it yeah, that she knew that song. It was part of a repressed host's memory that they were trying to shield from her in the first place. Um, but that doesn't seem like what's happening here. I mean, they no. know the song and they know where it came from, but nobody else seems to yet. It doesn't have I, um, anything to do with the burn. <laughs> it must, right? Something must. Yeah, Yeah, because I think I maybe saw you talking about this on Twitter too. When people were like, the symbiote commission's being like really judgmental about it being human. And I was like, 
They didn't tell anyone they had the symbionts for years. Yeah. And also, they were real shady about that host that, that played the music. Yeah. Like, no, I thought that was perfectly in yeah. character for them to be so so judgmental right away. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I was like, they've always been a slightly shifty. Yeah, they've always been into cover-ups and into being exclusive and only giving out symbionts to people that they've vetted repeatedly. So yeah. I yeah, I think that would definitely carry over. Coming to it without a Deep Space Nine background. Oh, that no. episode episode played so differently for me because I was like, oh, Trill. I think Judzia was a uh, Trill and she was great. These people are gonna be great. Oh, and, <laughs> and then they get there and I'm I'm literally experiencing it like Michael, like this is gonna be a great warm homecoming. And then yeah, that happened. Oh my goodness. Why doesn't this host have spots? How dare! <laughs> now I'm curious whether there's ever been like, probably not as far as I know, not in TV, but in books, like maybe one of the books. If there's ever been a try to like bridge the gap between like what the trail looked like in that one TNG episode and what they look like in every other time you see the trail. Yeah, I have unofficial answers for you. I don't know if any of the books, official books dive into it, though, or not. That would be interesting to pursue. What, uh, what, what is like, are like the unofficial answers like your theories or? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm curious, what are your theories? Yeah, go for it. Let's hear <laughs> Okay, so I imagine that when joining was first popularized, there were some who kept it very secretive and to themselves. They thought, you know, this is this incredible superpower I've stumbled upon. I'm not going to tell anyone. And then there were family groups that would share a symbiont on a more temporary basis where they would join for like a day or two and then pass it on to someone else. And I think that those two ideas kind of migrated because they didn't get along into different colonies because we know that Trill has colonies on other planets. So I think the different physical developments occurred with regard to their relation to the symbionts. The ones with the external ridges are ones who kept it more privately and the ones with the spots, I look at the spots as the symbionts language. So the ones with the spots are ones that engaged with them on a more temporary but more friendly basis. That's my answer for you. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, we can write anything off to, oh, they're from different hemispheres or different colonies, but I Mm -hmm. think it also has regard to how they viewed joining and why the reactions are so different when we meet Jadzia than when we met Odin, because Odin was only the symbiont. We didn't care the host's name at all. Yeah. It was just a body for the symbiont instead of both of them having personalities and and allowing them to blend. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think we can have the two coexist and kind of intermingle, but I like that they stuck with the spotted design and with that approach to joining because I think that's way more fun to explore. Yeah, mm-hmm. plus the the spots are such a they're a way more fun makeup to like they are. look at. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know the the actual reason is they were like Terry Farrell's really pretty, like. we don't really want to put these ridges on her i've heard that one and then i've heard that there was an allergy problem too and i would make sense yeah i would hope that that's the case instead of just Mm -hmm. oh that's gonna make her look ugly because that's absurd but that i mean that does make sense because she does have that sun allergy as well yeah but yeah 
that they had to write in that it got so that they just wrote in that they landed on the planet and they're like and Dax got hurt and has to be in this yeah. cave so we don't have to put her out in the sun <laughs> like, yeah, see you can write around anything I love it mm-hmm. That's well, I know I read about it because about sci-fi. that one episode they went to Ryza like they her like umbrella didn't come in so they couldn't film because she couldn't be outside oh, oh poor thing yeah because they were just like um, it was just they were just talking about like things that went wrong in this one episode. <laughs> that one, yeah, that one had a lot going on behind the scenes. Oh, had it uh Nana Visitor like literally just give birth given yes. birth. So out so like Sid was just like, I don't really want to be here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> like, um, my son was just born. Yeah, do I have to be here right now? I have to learn lines. Oh yeah. And so um uh Sonequa Martin Green was pregnant filming this season. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah, she Yeah. But she... I completely forgotten about that. But yeah, she would have been. She would have had to have been, I think, um, because she had the baby in July. Yeah, I wonder. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Yeah, when they like, stopped filming. Yeah, when they stopped filming, slash I was like, how far along were you? Because you do not look pregnant. Like No. Yeah, I mean I think uh I mean, she's thin to begin with, so mm-hmm. um, she probably could have gone halfway through her pregnancy, not showing much at all. Yeah. So, I didn't yeah. remember that until you mentioned it. She did great, though, because yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of people get yeah. really, really nauseous. The one thing I'm like, I was like, we're, I was like, worried. I was like, can you do stunts if you're pregnant? Like, yeah, I was many. wondering, actually, we were talking about how her fighting style changed this season. And I did wonder if that was because they didn't mm-hmm. let her do as much of it. And so it was a stunt double because she was pregnant, whereas in previous seasons, maybe she did more of the fighting herself. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, I know. Just for safety. Like I said, yeah, you want to be careful if you're right. pregnant, obviously probably like in because you have to like insure actors when they're like doing stunts yeah you do and that's why like so i bet like if a, i would imagine if an actor an actor was pregnant they would like be like mm, we don't want to insure that so go, go sit over there <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah that's true so even if she was willing they may not have let her yeah well, i've definitely heard of a lot of things where the actor's like yeah let's go do the stunt and the people are like no no like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's, I mean, my favorite is they wouldn't let Colin Firth jump actually jump into that lake because there was like some like mold, like algae and algae in it or something, and they said it was too dangerous. It made a stunt double do it. Oh, and he was literally just diving into a lake, and then like you can swim in a tank in in London. <laughs> I didn't ever realize that. That's funny. And then, then I guess they had to like hose him down for that when he's like walking and wet. <laughs> That's funny. I remember watching uh, the DVD for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, and Elizabeth Swan runs down the stairs in the governor's mansion. And on the commentary, Karen Knightley was like, oh, yeah, that's a stunt double. And one of the other actors who played uh, Norrington was like, you needed a stunt double to run down a flight of stairs. And she was like, yeah, (laughs) it was really fast. Good for her to be like, no, I don't I don't want to. No, there was a lot of stuff flying around. I probably, I don't think I would have wanted to be in the room at the time either. This is probably, yeah. A stunt, like, stunt doubles are, like, trained experts Yeah, for stuff like that, so. 
Well, I'm excited for next week. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, just this yeah. this whole season has been great. I know it's like every. I feel like every episode, I'm like, okay, what's the next one? I want more, please. Yeah, I kind of. Uh, I saw somebody say they were waiting to watch the whole thing until they could binge it, and I'm kind of jealous. Or, but at the same time, I don't have that kind of self control to not watch. I do not have that control, and I'm on Twitter too much. Yeah, yeah. like I'm gonna see it anyway. I just want to yeah. see the whole episode. Yeah, exactly. But I'll I do actually. I like having like this time between to like theorize and like discuss because I feel like yeah. like a show like Stranger Things or something like that you get to- it gets talked about for a week and then everyone forgets about it until it comes back. Yeah, that's mm. true. Like I feel like we get to enjoy I this as like a fandom. If something like Stranger Things was airing week to week, we'd have more theories about it. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't just be like, "Wait, what's going to happen?" You're like, "I don't know. Just let let the next episode play and figure it out." Right. And you uh, maybe don't pay attention sometimes as well, because I know if I binge something, at some point I'm going to fold a load of laundry while I'm watching, <laughs> instead <laughs> of like setting an hour aside to watch it. It's funny. So I did like find, get a VPN uh to watch it this week and it was funny because someone was like well do you have to watch it and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) it is essential yes well thanks for so much for coming on uh thrifty trekkie and we will be sending people your way on twitter and uh we're excited that you came and talked to us about trills and reviewed this episode with us and and we got to hear about your cosplay yeah thank you for having me and indulging me that was very fun (laughs) yeah it was so Thank fun you. i i love hearing like theories for like how different things are when uh when there aren't answers for it yeah, yeah. definitely all right thanks guys all right nice okay. bye bye bye